You're listening to Sascapes, a podcast featuring the stories of arts, culture, and heritage in Saskatchewan. find yourself at a party where a game of Saskatchewan music trivia is being played, this is the guy you want on your team. Roll up your sleeves and let's play a game of Guess the Guest. Here's a few hints. He made countless appearances on national news and local media in print, radio, and television, named a member of CBC's Future 40. In 2013 and 14, Prairie Dog Magazine voted him the second-best Twitter feed in Regina, as well as one of the top best Facebook friends. He's a media commentator, music promoter, and is driven by passion, motivation, community involvement, and volunteerism. If you guess Taryn Cochran, you're right. I'm Kevin Power, and through much determination, emails, and phone calls, I finally got to sit down with Taryn this summer in Regina. We met at the newly opened salon, studio, and gallery space in Regina called The Junction. And later in this episode, you'll meet The Junction's owner, Christina, and learn a bit about how her dream came to be. And because he touches so many aspects of the community, Taryn has made his own mark on the space by creating the music playlist to reflect The Junction's vibe. This episode is a bit of a six degrees of Terran game, as I think about the few lines I can draw between Terran, the Sascapes theme music, which is Jeffrey Straker's Slings and Arrows, and the band In With The Old, who were interviewed in episode 56. I'm willing to bet there are many in the province who could play their own game of six degrees of Terran, because that's just how involved this guy is. So I am sitting in this bright sunny day in Regina, in a very funky space called The Junction, which I'm looking at a sign that says, we're now open, wowee. Um, They've just been open for two days. It's a very cool space, uh, salon, artist studio space. Christine is at the helm running this baby, which has been her dream, and maybe we'll get a word out of her eventually. But sitting beside me here is somebody that Well, it's taken months and months and months to finally hook up. Um, I first became aware of Taryn Cochran on CBC when you were talking about the festival. Was it Momart? Yeah, uh, all hooked up in Momart. That's right. Yep. And I think you were playing on CBC um, uh, In With The Old. Yes. And I loved that group. And subsequently, I've met them and they're on the podcast. Right. So then I thought, well, I got to talk to this guy. And I think we emailed and I sent you the link to the podcast and you said, cool that you're using Jeffrey Straker's uh, Slings and Arrows. And I said, but why is that cool? So it turns out for fans of the podcast who have just heard the theme music, (laughs) that is not a synthesized horn that you're hearing. That is Taryn Cochran. How are you doing? 
Hey, for the record, uh, yeah, I was, I was mimicking a horn player, but uh, the great thing about the video, too, was that when we recorded it, if you actually watch it, uh, my dog is featured in the video as well, too. So it was a great concept that Jeff had featuring some local musicians and local talent, and it focuses on Regina and the warehouse district, too. So. But what were you playing? Oh, it was a trumpet, but I was pretending, okay. All I was right. pretending yeah, to play a trumpet. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, as I was thinking about how I wanted to introduce you, and I thought, well, I'm pretty sure it's a trumpet, but a part of me wants to say it's a horn. Oh, no, yes, So trumpet, you accomplished yeah. it. Well, I faked it. Well, but if you watch it, it looks. Hopefully, it looked real. Yeah, it looked, yeah, no, it did. It looked, and the dog did too. Right. <laughs> that was yeah. his debut. He's pretty excited about it. What's so. the dog's name? Uh, Winston Brown. So he took after his mother's last name. So he's our firstborn. <laughs> and your secondborn would be Etta. That's right. Yeah, I have a three-year-old daughter named Etta. Yeah, uh, she is the sunshine in my days, and she. Um, She's big into music and dancing. She started ballet class, and she's a little uh, ray of sunshine. She's always coming up with creative, unique stories to tell mom and dad. And you know, I love her to pieces. So that's cool. Love that name. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, you know, when we came up with the concept for our name, it was a matter of you know, I grew up with obviously a, a unique original name my mother came up with. Um, my sister's name is Dana, and with my daughter, it was just a matter of you know, certainly not necessarily after Etta James, um, but we just thought it sounded great and it, yeah. and it worked well. So. So, speaking of growing up, you obviously did that, but where did you do it? <laughs> I grew up in the town of Strasbourg, Saskatchewan, uh-huh. uh, which is about 45 minutes north of Regina, uh, about half hour north of Craven, a uh, small prairie town. I grew up on a farm, um, not so much a farm full of animals and, and wildlife, but a, a farm nonetheless, um, eventually moving into town. I grew up in an environment of sports and farming and a lot of hard work, but not so much music, you know. So hmm. as I started getting older, in, in my teen years, I, I fell in love with punk rock. Um, I was that one token guy in the town that had the, the pink mohawks and the septum uh-huh. piercings. And, uh, you know, but as I got older and as I moved to a city center like Regina, uh, I started to notice that there was much more of a musical hub. Uh, in a bigger city and, and so much going on. And hence my involvement now with South Music and so many different uh, bands and artists because I really can't get over the fact that there is so much talent right here at home. Um, and But we are starting to see, and you talked about In With The Old, who is a band from Northern Saskatchewan, we are starting to see all these great initiatives and great programs and things happening in small towns where music is going to the rural areas, which I think is exceptionally important. Yeah. Yeah, you're... Um your background is really eclectic, but I was trying to sum up what I would call you. You're sort of a walking Wikipedia of all things festival and music in this province. Yeah. I've mean, been the voice of, of festivals on CBC this summer. I was, I was, and that was a great honor uh, to go on CBC and talk about summer music festivals and, and highlight some of the bands I thought people should definitely check out. Um, my, you know, my musical background, I, I grew up around polka music. Uh, my grandparents loved polka. The Melville Rhythm Airs were, were gods in Strasbourg. And uh, when they came to town, that was a big thing. Obviously, the old-time country music was a big thing growing up. And then I fell in love with punk rock. I had a, I had a sister who was in the hair metal. You know, I'm uh, Irish and Scottish descent, so I have the Irish music right. and the Scottish music. Yeah. And then, obviously, as you get older, I've always found that when you're a teenager and when you're younger, you're very um, very close-minded when it comes to music. But as you get older, you start to open up your mind and, and realize things such as Neil Diamond is a fantastic singer, and mm-hmm. that is bar none. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just it's almost a fact of reality. Um, this morning, I was listening to Anne Murray. Anne Murray, Canada Songbird. You know, you can't argue that. So, uh, and then recognizing the talent here at home in, in our own backyards, um, just being involved with SAS music and different initiatives throughout, throughout the years. Um, there is exceptional talent in this province, in this city, and it, it's covering all genres. 
you know, there's metal, there's folk, there's bluegrass, there's rock, there's pop. The hip hop scene is very vibrant in Regina. Even the underground punk rock and hardcore scene is doing very well. So, right. Are you making it to the majority of these festivals? How, how many of you are there? <laughs> uh, yeah, there is, uh, you know, I've made it, I took my family on a few road trips. Uh, I did MC at Gateway Music Festival. I did help them out with their, uh, social media and, and PR as well too, through the summer. So we definitely went down the Gateway. Yeah. Uh, Regina Folk Festival, of course. Um, I was, I was honored again to, to be involved, uh, as a volunteer MCing. Not all the festivals. Um, you know, summertime weekends and family, it's, it's a hard shuffle. Uh, live shows though. I try to get as much as I can, um, do as many live shows as I can. But the problem I face is uh, I have a friend who actually runs a website called Music Regina Live, and he takes all the live shows in Regina and he culminates them into one website. So you can go and see, okay, tonight there's going to be seven shows. But the problem is, is that some nights, and you don't really realize it until you kind of peel back the curtain and see, but some nights there's nine shows in Regina. Um, right. So to getting out to all of those, there's been there's been a couple nights where we've done a, a great trek and, and seen a lot, but it is really hard to to make it out to all these things. But it's so great to see that vibrancy and the fact that our music scene is, is doing so well that they can put on so many shows. You know, at one time, you know, it'd be hard for people to list off successful Saskatchewan bands. I mean, in the past, obviously Northern Pikes. Uh, you know, nowadays Sheepdogs. You got Colin James and a lot of those um, hit makers, Kick Axe back in the day. But nowadays, I mean, you're starting to see more artists from Saskatchewan hit the international stage. And I think it starts at home, you know, it starts in Saskatchewan and getting that support and getting those shows going. So people are aware of who you are, opens the door for the festivals. And then they play the festivals and you have a captive audience of, you know, for example, with Gateway, you have 3,500 people, you know, watching the Dead South play. And now they're playing, you know, over in Tennessee. They were just in Germany. They're going back to, you know, so it's great to see that, that growth with these young bands. All right. This is a... Sweepingly general statement, but I think it's no um, it's no unknown fact that I think Canada suffers a little bit from an inferiority complex as far as star making power that mm-hmm. we have here versus if you want to make it, you've got to go south of the border. Do you think that still holds true? Yeah, I think you know I think a lot with Canadian music and Saskatchewan music there's a there's a humbleness. I mean, we're not the first ones to get out there and say that we're the, you know, the best bands in the world. But the fact of the matter is when you have bands like the Dead South, you know, they've, they've never played Tennessee before. They play their first show in Tennessee and they, they completely pack the place. I mean, you have to take into account that, that there's some, that's just some raw talent. Um, but they're so humble about it. You would never hear those guys talk about the fact that they think they're the greatest because they just went and played Europe for a week and sold out every single show. Um, and it's great to see, you know, that humbleness uh, does it affect our industry and, and our music scene a little bit? I think so because we're not um, we're not as headstrong to getting our name out there, like like trying to break it into the states. But I find that nowadays, um, you know, with with bands such as the Dead South and other bands are doing very well. And Dino Sun's uh, World Music Group from Regina just, just did a fantastic tour of Quebec City or in Quebec. Um, but I, I think that we're breaking out in our own our own different ways. Um, you look at bands like Ra Ra. Who are, yeah. who are grabbing national attention and who are getting great support from CBC and other organizations. Um, you know, bands like Library Voices who are doing exceptionally well, but they also have bands, you know, smaller bands like In With The Old that are just teenagers that are, I know. are playing these fantastic shows. And they're really good. I know. <laughs> um, but it's great to see. The cool thing too is that uh, you look at, so while, while we don't seek the, um, you know, the, the festival stages in the States for 40,000 people, when you do have a band like the Dead South, before they went to Europe, they actually grabbed in with the old and a young 
Americana Roots artist from Swift Current named Coulter Wall to open up for them because knowing the band knew that they would sell out the venue. And knowing that, they purposely grabbed young talent to showcase them. So it's a camaraderie almost. So I think we're more focused now on helping each other out. And there's more of a unity in our music industry than so much as, as success because um, it's kind of the philosophy of, you know, all for one or one for all, right? So, right. which I think is great. Um, and it's good to see that happen. And, and you see bands, you know, when you went to Borealis Music Festival and you, you amazing, right? And you did the podcast. First year, right? Hit it out of the park. Yeah. And you had a band like the Andino Sons and the, the people standing you know front of the row were the dead souls because yeah. it's that unity we have. So, yeah, I think there's less focus now on, on making it big and, yeah. and getting on a record label and touring the country and more on producing quality music and, and really growing our internal, our internal industry that we have here in Saskatchewan. And I think the European market is far more receptive to an international sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, they embrace a lot of Canadian talent. I mean, rock cuisine has a huge... Exactly, right? In and, Europe. Yeah, and, and here it's, it's not so much noted, right? Uh-huh. You look at somebody, um, like country artist J.J. Voss from QPAR originally, now, now in Regina, but he just got back from Germany and Ireland, and the crowds were wonderful. I mean, they treated him like a king, you know? And he, he plays here, and he does very well in the small towns here, and very receptive, but nowhere near the acclaim and the celebration that he gets over there because yeah, they just do, they really do embrace the Saskatchewan music. And I think that's great for us and great for everybody really. Right. Do we have a Saskatchewan sound? Do you think? No, you know, and I've heard that question a lot. Um, you know, if, if we were the birthplace of, for example, Seattle is recognized as the birthplace yep. of grunge, yeah. you know, from the success of bands like Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Soundgarden. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it'd be safe to say that in the nineties, you know, certainly, you know, areas like Vancouver and British Columbia were definitely a punk rock hub, you know, bands like Gob and SNFU and stuff like that coming out of there. I guess SNFU was Edmonton, but you get the drift. Um, but there really isn't a definitive Saskatchewan sound. Um, as much as it would be easy to fall back and say country music, you know, because the rural areas do certainly love the country and the bluegrass and the roots. There really isn't. Um, we are so diverse, and I, I think that's what makes us special. Is that there are is so much variety, and it's not um, and it's not variety where it's a semi semi decent talent. It is a variety, and, and there's people that do exceptionally well. So right. back to you, uh, weren't you named one of the top forty under forty? I was, yeah, a couple of years ago. Thank you very much. Yeah, CBC Sketch one top our future forty top future forty, uh, right? Yeah. Uh, top 40 leaders, success stories, and change makers in the province of Saskatchewan under the age of 40. So, And so what what were you being noted for? Hey, it's Kevin. I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. Just a quick reminder that the Sascapes podcast is available for free on your favorite podcast app, or you can stream it from your browser. Check out the show notes for the link. On the Sascapes homepage, you'll notice something new under the logo called Sascapes Plus. You can't miss it. There's a big button saying support with a heart icon next to it. I'd love it if you could click on that button and help keep this podcast series going. When Sascapes launched in May 2014, it was the first podcast in the province celebrating arts, culture, and heritage. In fact, you'd have been pretty hard-pressed to find any Saskatchewan podcast. So I'd like to think that we paved the way. It's been because of your support that this podcast is now in its ninth year. Okay, that's it. Enjoy the rest of the episode. 
Um, I think my music industry involvement, uh, I'm also an active volunteer. I've been a volunteer with North Central Community Association Street Fair the last three years, um, involved in a lot of various music projects. Um, I'm involved with Telemerical each year, mm-hmm. uh, doing the, so helping out with the social media, being on the social media team as a on-air correspondent this year alongside Jeff Straker. Yeah, I saw him there. See, everything goes in a circle. Yeah. Um, and, and then as well, too, um, a lot of other initiatives around the province and stuff. I always get involved in a lot of volunteer activities. And a lot of the stuff I do inside the music industry is all volunteer, um, just out of a, a pure passion. Uh, a lot of dedicate a lot of my free time to whether it be whether it be freelance writing or to radio or television or talking about local artists or social media or any kind of PR work or promotion and stuff. A lot of it is volunteer work. So I was kind of being recognized for that. What did you want to be when you grew up? When, you know, when I was younger... Um, I wanted to be an artist. I, I'm a cartoonist, which not a lot of people know. Oh. I actually, yeah, I can draw cartoons. Um, so I, I used to spend, the, prior to the internet, now, uh, although Apple just introduced the Apple Pencil yesterday, a lot of people yes. may not know that at one time the pencil was a main form of communication. Right, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, when I was younger, I actually, I would spend all my free time drawing. There was no internet, there was no distractions, you know, um, drawing. And, you know, my mother would put on the oldie station on the radio and I would just draw cartoons and I aspired to be somewhat of a designer. And I actually, I was a graphic designer for bands in my early twenties. Um, you know, I, I'd pay the bills. A lot of that was volunteer again. I pay the bills by, by working the, the random day jobs, but, um, yeah, my, my, I wanted to draw. I wanted to, you know, I, I grew up on Archie comics and, uh, but music got its hooks in me and I've, you know, for example, I've been involved with music heels recently as well too, as an ambassador in Saskatchewan and just seeing the power of music, you can't put a price on a good song. I mean, it can, it can completely shift in your, your emotions, your day. Um, tell me about what they do. Oh, sure. Uh, music heels is a nonprofit charitable organization based out of Vancouver. Um, it started by a gentleman by the name of Chris Brandt. Uh, what they do is they provide money funding. They, they raise money and provide money to, uh, people that need it at hospitals, um, at-risk youth, um, senior centers, palliative care, any kind of music therapy programs. Some of the initiatives they have, which is implemented now in Regina, is they have an iPod pharmacy. So what you do is you provide them with a used iPod, and they will refurbish it in the sense of putting specific music on it. Um, they do have a sponsorship with a headphone company. They'll provide brand new headphones, and oh. they, they give them to people at rehabilitation centers. Um, that is one. There's also, they put on a strike a chord benefit concert with a lot of notable bands. Um, they're actually a great organization. They actually have a video talking about the power of music with artists such as, uh, walk off the earth, Dan Mangan, Biff naked. Um, they've just put out a signature beer in, in Vancouver that, uh, with prevail from a band called the swollen, swollen members, hip hop group. Um, they do a lot of that work and how they got involved in Saskatchewan is, uh, I've teamed up with the Wolf 104.9 FM in town here, and we've held these Queen City Rocks concerts every year. Now, a lot of people may not know it, but there's over, I mean, there's over 260 active artists in, and bands in Regina alone, wow. let alone the province. Right. So uh, the Wolf put on essentially a battle of the bands, and they would receive over 40 local rock bands would apply to play this event every year, and they got some great sponsorships, great opportunities for the artists. It was not only great exposure, but these artists are getting money, they're getting equipment, they're getting studio time, they're getting venue time, um, and it was in support of Music Heals. And this year, um, alongside some other events that they put on, they put on a night out for Music Heals on March 7th, where local venues um, agreed that... If anybody visited them, a dollar would go towards music therapy programs. Um, so we actually ended up giving $2,000 to SCEP, which is an organization for music therapy um, for, for children. Um, 
children, whether they have behavioral problems or, or issues at home or anything like that, they actually have a music therapy program. And uh, actually, the Music Therapy Association of Saskatchewan put on a, a concert, too, called Music Makes Me Bloom through Music Heals and support of Music Heals and, and Music Counts and some other great organizations. And even at the Wascana Rehabilitation Center in town here, um, they have great music therapy programs, whether it's an um, Aboriginal drum circle with iPads mm-hmm. or it's actually having... Really? They all play... They've got play like iPads. drum apps? Yes. Wow. Yeah. And uh, actually, a close friend of mine uh, is, in, is in Wascana Rehab and he's in a wheelchair. And his dad was a drummer and he always wanted to play drums and he wanted to also write a letter to his father to kind of build a, a stronger relationship with him. So what he did was he worked with his therapist and he played drums and they wrote a song for his dad and they performed it on Telemiracle a couple years ago. So, wow. yeah, it, it's quite fascinating. Um, so uh, a lot more music therapy initiatives going on here. And the Music Makes Me Bloom concert I referred to is basically uh, people that were receiving music therapy actually performed. So it was a concert from music therapy recipients. So it was great to see. Wow. And, um, it goes to show you that it's a caring community. Um, you know, Music Heals has noted this before, but they just they, they can't get over the amount of support they received from Regina um, with music therapy initiatives. And that is something, you know, with the night out for Music Heals, when I, I put the call out for venues to be on board, it was a matter of minutes and venues are sort of, of course, we're on board to help out. So that's kind of, it shows you not only the music community, but but uh, the heart and passion found in, in our community here at home is is quite something. So knowing that, knowing the power of music, mm-hmm. why are we constantly up against music programs being axed in schools? Uh, you know, and that you know that's a great question. Um, and you know, I I don't know. You know, I I I can tell you firsthand. Had I, I had more exposure to music when I was younger, um, uh-huh. probably wouldn't have shaped where I ended up. But it, you know, it might have started it earlier. I might have been getting involved in music. 15 years ago as opposed to now right, right. so um, i think it, it's so important i know with my own daughter playing music for her and getting her involved in music and, and learning you know singing songs and and how happy dancing makes her is such an important thing but yeah i don't know why you know it's mm. kind of sad i guess it's the same the same question could be asked for you know when you have a beautiful heritage building that really tells the story of a of a town why yeah tear it down yeah you know maybe structural issues or, or whatnot but right. i think sometimes though it may come down to the fact of participation um you know i grew up near a town called it's a hamlet of bollier mm-hmm. bollier's high school became non-existent at one point because there just wasn't enough kids you know you have a town like govin where they have three students graduate so to put a music program in place might be hard but I have seen in the past where organizations like OSAC have done um, these fantastic tours and they continue to do these showcase tours where they send artists around to these small towns. Yeah, great program. Fantastic. Yeah. Because then all of a sudden you have an artist like J.J. Voss going to 20 towns across Saskatchewan and showing people that, you know what, if you play guitar and you work hard at it and you put in that time and practice, you could be standing up there as well. And you could be going to Germany and you could be playing all this great music and putting out an album and, and reaching these goals that you have set for yourself. But yeah, it, it starts really at the root and that is, is getting people familiar with, with how powerful music can be. But you grew up, you said you grew up in a very much a sports environment in mm-hmm. your town. So you were a bit of a lone wolf, no matter perhaps what genre you chose, paint, you know, exactly. uh, Mohawk aside. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we tend to associate sports and rec programs um, as being integral to a community. Did you not have anything um, in the arts vein happening when you grew up? Uh, there was organ lessons. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, right through the local church. Yeah. And I, right. I took them for about, I think it was about a week. I learned when the scenes come marching in. Right. And that was it for me. It wasn't organ. It wasn't my thing. But 
Um, but not a lot. But, you know, I guess I can see why they, they do focus on sports because physical activity is important. Sure. It's important for your brain. It's important yeah. for your heart and everything, right? So, um, but there's tie-ins nowadays too. You know, sports and music have, there's a correlation between sports and music and the importance of, of music at sporting events and, and getting all that tied in together. I mean, I think you can really tie in art and recreation together well. But I think there should be more avenues. We look at a guy, we'll go back to talking about Jeffrey Straker. I mean, had Jeffrey Straker not sought piano playing while in Punishai, Right. Yeah. Right. You know, he wouldn't be playing. He wouldn't be winning awards, you know, overseas, and he wouldn't be playing all these fantastic shows around the country. And you know, being one of the biggest pianists we have in the city, right? So, yeah. which I think is fantastic. So I'm glad he followed that route. But I think Jeff would have been in the same situation where maybe playing playing hockey wasn't for him, you know, right. and he found his passion, which which thankfully was piano. So I think it's important. Um, you know, but the Regina Symphony Orchestra, for example, does a fantastic job of, of showcasing. You know, they had the music on the road series where they actually have the chamber players go to a town and not only will they play a concert at night, but that afternoon they would go to the school and to kind of get interest, kids interest in classical music, which is a hard sell because nowadays um, there's more Justin Bieber fans than Ron's list. I mean, that's just the reality. Yeah. So we're here to talk about music, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but, uh, you mean, so what they would do is, but they would actually show these kids, um, they would tell you a really cool, interesting, fun fact about the music they're going to play. So they talk about Beethoven, then they play a Beethoven piece um, and showing kids that, you know, you can make a career out of music, which I think is, uh, is another common struggle, too, because, uh, you know, with the success hockey has had in the province of Saskatchewan and, and growing professional hockey players, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a parent and you have an option of, of spending X amount of dollars and your kid or child may have an opportunity to have a career in hockey and, and, and travel and, or spend an ex, ex, you know, excessive amount of money on music, but they may never pick it up again. Right. That may sway the vote. But I think as long as there people are aware nowadays that there are opportunities in music. Yeah. When you have organizations like SAS music who are providing workshops and, and training and guidance in a career in the music industry, there are opportunities. Um, you know, I wouldn't say, I'm not paying my mortgage with my passion for music, but it's certainly helping me out in my career. Um, Just by following that, you know, guys like Jeff Straker back to the dead selves, you know, JJ Voss, as we speak right now, there's currently eight country artists in Saskatchewan performing at the country Canadian country music week events right now in Halifax representing our province. And those are all small town, whether it be uh, Alec Runyon's from Kipling, Saskatchewan, you know, to Lisa Mullen from, from just north of Saskatoon and, and many others, Samara Young from Yorkton. Um, I'm sure at one time they played sports and they probably had a passion for music, but thought I'll never really, you know, hope, you know, have an opportunity to do anything with this. And now they're representing our province, you know, way down east, which I think is wonderful. Yeah. Um, do you have a band of your own now in the midst of all of this? No, I don't. I don't really play much instruments. You know, I think you think I would by this point, but I don't. Um yeah, I really, I really should start a band, but I don't even know where I'd start. But yeah, but you gotta have some hours to sleep, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's hard. I actually started taking guitar lessons. Um, there's a, a gentleman in town who can actually play a double neck guitar. He's uh-huh. insanely talented, and I, I started learning guitar lessons. But I found that between, you know, writing social media, uh, you know, talking with artists and, and guiding them and giving them suggestions on things or promotions or events or volunteer work or my my home my wife my child my dogs uh all of this stuff my day job uh i started taking guitar lessons and i had the attention span of you know of a fish 
goldfish and I, I would learn one chord and I couldn't sit down long enough. So maybe it's, maybe it's creative ADD. I don't know. Is there a kind of music you don't like? No, because I firmly believe that, um, a good song is a good song, regardless of genre. Um, you, you can't discount the fact that the cafe polka, you know, Walter Osnick's, you know, the, the Hey Baba Reba, isn't a catchy song. I mean, and it's all personal preference, obviously, you know, some people prefer, you know, gangster rap. Some people prefer uh, folk indie music, but I think a good song is a good song. So if I locked you in a room and forced you to listen to Philip Glass for an hour, you wouldn't go by. Well, I don't know. Quite all right. Um, but I always look at, at, at music in a different light too, though. I'm always impressed by marketing and branding and everything else around surrounds it too, as well. Like, so for example, um, Nickelback, right? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> the most hated band around. Yeah. But you have to you have to stop and think. How did four rock stars from Airdrie, Alberta, become one of the biggest selling bands you know right. in their history? Right. They're just a rock band playing cliche songs with fireworks, cliche videos. Yet they're bajillionaires. It's their marketing. It's because they treat it like a business, and they get how the music business works, and they're so good at it that. You know, when they go to a town, they play a show, they, they invite radio down, they do fan, you know, fan VIP meet and greets and stuff like that because they, they care what they know what they're doing. So, you know, I used to manage a CD store back in my younger years and the best selling album we had during my time there was Nickelback's A Long Road. So for as many people that hate them, people are buying it. And I mean, truth be told, it's simple music, but sometimes it's all you want. All right. You know, you don't want anything really extravagant or eclectic. You just want a simple rock song to you through the day so um but i think yeah uh, as for genres and, and types and stuff i think good music is good music and if you really you know if you open up your ears to to trying new things out you know maybe sit down and listen to cool jazz for a while and you might hear a song that you think is fantastic you yeah. know and and checking out because it just it really opens your world and it um you know from local music to national to international music it really you know it gives you so much more depth and and so many more you know, avenues to, to travel down and to learn new things. I think it's a fantastic opportunity for people to kind of open your mind. Vinyl's coming back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, vinyl's making a resurgence, which I think is fantastic because I'm a I'm a great believer in in the power of album artwork, and I, yeah. I think art and music have such a good connection. You know, back at, back in our day before the internet, I'm just going to assume that you were. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That would be a very safe <laughs> assumption. Um, but no, that was that is when you would buy that vinyl or that cassette or that CD is seeing that album artwork. We didn't have the, the luxury of taking a phone out of our pocket and, and listening to the new Who album. Right. You had to take a chance. You might, you know, at times people even had to order it online or order it through the mail. Um, but yeah, it's definitely making a comeback. Uh, you know, and it's good to see because people are taking more of an appreciation in the art of music. And do you think it's also because people kind of crave that analog sound? I think, you know, I think so too. Um, You know, you have some musicians that are actually recording in that style as well too. But I think it's also the the collectability of it Um, and to have an actual, and I've actually had a lot of these discussions with a lot of people is CD versus digital or vinyl versus digital. Um, People want something tangible. Yeah. You know, they want something they can hold and they can read and they can, you know, it's, it's the difference between reading a good book or spending three hours on Facebook. Some people just want to relax and read a good book, you know, and let your imagination go. Same with vinyl. You want to put on a good vinyl record, look at the artwork and just relax. 
Have you ever held a 78 in your hand? I haven't. No? Have you not? No. Am I the only person person in this province that actually has 78s? (laughs) I still do. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. They're like platters. They're, they're, they're heavy beasts. It's funny though now because like you look at, um, there's a, a couple local artists, Blake Berglund, who's a country, a country troubadour and, and Belle Plain. You may be familiar with yeah. Belle Plain. Um, there people are referring to them as Ian and Sylvia, you know, Ian Tyson yeah. of uh, Saskatchewan because they actually have teamed up and they just released a seven inch where they cover two songs from Saskatchewan or Saskatoon Zachary Lucky, one of which is a song called Saskatchewan, which is fantastic. Um, it should be our, our provincial. A provincial theme song, but that's just my personal opinion. Um, <laughs> but anyway, when they release the seven inch, they're going on a tour right now. It's getting great reception, but you can actually buy the seven inch, and on the seven inch is a code for a download. So they recognize that people want that tangible product and that art is important, but they also recognize that I want to listen to this while I'm driving in my car right. or while I'm working. So I can't necessarily take that seven inch and play it in my car nowadays, or I can't take it to work and on my turntable and play it it would you know be feasible but yeah so i think it's important um you know to have both options available for people but it's great to see it coming back i've actually been the shows where cassettes are coming back really yes that's weird because yeah and because they deteriorate and who has a cassette player i mean if you're fortunate if you're <laughs> as I raise my finger, reluctantly, it's true. <laughs> the only thing I don't have is an eight track. Right now, that's not coming back. Well, yeah, I, don't, I think the cassette is more of a novelty thing right now. Huh. Um, but yeah, I, I, I guess, still have Wham on cassette, which is fantastic. Wake me up before you go. Yeah, if you, um, I mean, if you have a certain, you know, certain vehicles still, you know, older model vehicles still have cassette. But it's funny though because now with technology and music. For example, I borrowed my father-in-law's truck recently, and I had this CD in my hand, and I thought, it's a brand-new truck. This is perfect. I'm going to play this brand-new CD in this truck. And I went into the truck, and there was no CD player. It was all Bluetooth. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's funny. It's funny, you know, what it, it really is a matter, too, of figuring out your demographic and how they want to absorb music and how they want that music. Um, you know, having different avenues for people, whether it be vinyl or whether it be cassette or digital, um, but having options for people and seeing what's selling and what people are enjoying and then kind of focusing on that. It's a, it's hard because you, you find too nowadays, there are artists I know personally that have 500 albums in their basement that they just can't sell, you know, which is, which is unfortunate because everything's gone so digital. So it's a matter of determining, you know, do you need that physical copy at your shows or download cards or how do you plan to do it? But I mean, I think it all depends, um, you know, with, with what Bell and Blake are doing. It's such a unique novel concept. They're really going back to the 1950s, 1960s country mm. music, right? Mm. So since they're doing that approach, why wouldn't you have vinyl? Because that was big back in those yeah, days, right. you know? And and to the fact that they're covering another country artist is, is totally something that was done in, you know, in traditional country times, right? So I think it just kind of makes sense for, for what they're doing. Hence the phrase, everything old is new again. Right, exactly. That's exactly it. Yeah, so it's interesting to watch. I hope you're enjoying this episode. Did you know that all episodes of Sascapes can be downloaded or streamed for free? You can find us in the iTunes Store, on Stitcher Radio, and at iHeartCulture.ca. And I'm so excited to announce that Sascapes now has its own app for both Apple and Android devices. Head over to the App Store or Google Play and have Sascapes at your fingertips with just one easy tap. 
Remember, we love hearing from you with your feedback in the review section. And now, back to the podcast. Apart from Archie, um, uh, who are you? Who are you a fan of as an adult in the in the world of cartoon strip? I completely lost touch. Um, and rumor has it, didn't Archie get killed recently too? Apparently, yeah. That is extremely depressing. Yeah. Um, but I think actually, uh, to tie it in, there's a rumor going around, I think next year, that they're going to be releasing an Archie comic with the Ramones featured in it. I heard that as well. Which I think is genius. Yeah, yeah. Because if there was a band that could, you could put into a cartoon, yeah, be the Ramones. Um, but I've, I've completely lost touch with cartoons. Um, my reading now consists of uh, music autobiographies, you know, whether it's Cash by Johnny Cash or yeah. Commando by Johnny Ramone. Um, but it's few and far between. You know, as mentioned earlier, I have I have such uh, creative ADD that I don't, don't give myself time to read or play guitar or the stuff I should be doing. But you strike me as a far side. I know, yeah, far side is a good cartoon. But yeah, I just haven't really, I don't know, I've kind of lost touch with cartoons. I actually, some nights, there's been a couple times where I've, I've put, you know, pencil back to paper and, and just played around. And it's really quite fun to do that again. You're not going to pen a graphic novel? No, I'll let the I'll let the more talented people do that. That's for sure. <laughs> no, I, what? Speaking of which, um, there is a gentleman named Jason Sylvester in town who has written recently um, "Strange Stories of Saskatchewan," a book. Um, but he actually did they did a book about Saskatchewan, like random Saskatchewan facts and stuff too, which are very interesting. Um, it's one is called. There's actually a comedy book too, cartoon illustrated, called "You Might Be from Saskatchewan If." Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Which is really good. It talks about they're just such funny observations, and with with good artwork, you know, stuff like the fact that um, Circle Drive in Saskatoon isn't isn't really a circle, and Ring Road in Regina isn't really a ring. Right. right. Just witty, witty observations. Things so. like bunny hugs, I think. Yeah, like where yeah. did that come from? Yeah. Right? And references to like Putnam's Prairie Emporium and stuff yeah. like that. I think it's fantastic. You love this province. I do, and I'm I'm also invested too in the history of the province. Um, you know, I'm very, you know, I, I get excited by going to the legislative building and, and seeing Walter Scott's you right. know, signature. It's fascinating. Learning the history of Government House, you know, yeah. um, you know, Amity Forger and, and that whole history. And the fact that their first child was actually a pet monkey, you know, that ran around the house and, and all the stories that are told. And, you know, from everything really in the province, I'm one of those guys that if I have the opportunity to go on a road trip alone, um, I actually took me one night. It took me four hours to get to Saskatoon. Because I would stop, you know, if I saw a point of interest, I would stop and read it. If I saw something of general interest to me, I would stop and check it out and take pictures of it. Because, you know, we have such a diversity in this province. You know, a lot of people, you don't recognize the fact that there's sand dunes in this province. I know. Rock Glen, I was there right? last year. Unbelievable. There's, you go down the Wood Mountain area, it is, it is truly cowboy country. You know, where yeah. Ben Goff is, the gateway to the Big Muddy, where, where the Gateway Festival is held, you know, with Castle Butte. Yeah, yeah. In that one time... You know, that was, they say, a path where horse thieves would hide out from the States. And it was based loosely off, like, the Pony Express. They'd have this this pathway that come through. And just fascinating stories like that. And then you can also, all of a sudden, you're in the forest of Hudson Bay, right? And, you know, there's so much diversity and so many unique, unique qualities about this province. You know, from the historic nature of Moose Jaw, right, to to the the valley. The Capel Valley is completely beautiful. Um, right to here in Regano, you know. One of the nicest things I've ever seen in the city is uh, if you're ever fortunate enough or unfortunate enough to be at Wascana Park at about five, six in the morning when the sun comes up. Absolutely beautiful. Highly recommended. So, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of great, not only great stories, there's, but there's a lot of, um, you know, visual. 
I think it's a fantastic province. You have you have ghost towns that have wonderful stories to tell. We have music that is, is second to none, and all these great musicians making all these you know all this great success and and the arts and everything. There's a lot to absorb in this province, and I think it's it's fascinating. I'm fascinated by those leaning barns that you see as you drive along the yes, road, yeah. and how they actually can still stand, and yeah. and to know that there's a history behind the fact that that was once a farm i know and that's what's left and completely who who lived there yeah my grandfather had one of those too and eventually just one day they fall um Mm -hmm. that's a a good point too is i'm really impressed you know by the diy ethic of of the people that lived here before us you know back in the days before internet and and so on if you wanted a barn you just built it yourself you know the western development museum in moose jaw is really quite something you know, it's transportation based. They have the steam locomotive, but they also have, you know, cars that somebody decided they loved a car model. So they built their own. Right. Nowadays, that's a rare thing. Somebody my age, I couldn't even imagine one of my friends saying, well, I really love this car. So I'm just going to go to the garage and, and build a brand new one. Right. Because we are so distracted and we're so, um, everything is so, it's such a, a nine to five rush, you know, that we don't have you know, this, this quiet time where we just take time to, to focus on our crafts and, and do what we do good and build barns that last 40 years yeah. and lean. It's, it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you've not had any desire to live anywhere else in the country or have you? No. Um, you know, growing up in, in small town Saskatchewan, um, moving to the bright lights, big city, it's, you, you kind of make where you are home. Um, we come from a fan, you know, fantastic community. There's, there's something to be said. I always loved, for example, driving into Strasbourg and every person you pass on the highway, regardless of if you know them or not, will wave at you. How thoughtful is that? Yeah, Who right. does that? Yeah, right. You know, when's the last time you, you went shopping, you know, in Toronto and just waved at somebody, you know? Yeah, not. Right? It's a rare thing. Um, it's that mentality. And, uh, you know, when I fell in love and, you know, had a child and, and bought a home. It really solidified, you know, my, you know, that I'm going to stay, but, um, I have no reason, I have no reason to leave, you know, I'm comfortable touring away and, and visiting other places and stuff like that. But this is my home and this is, this is where I love. And, you know, sometimes you got to embrace it. And when you, when a lot of people, what they don't do is take the time to recognize the beautiful things around them where they live, right. you know, um, so many people, hate, hate traffic congestion. Um, they, they don't like, you know, some political decision or whatever it may be, but rather than focus on that, why don't focus on the fact that every tree in this city was planted by hand, you know, that, that's fascinating. Yeah. This is a barren prairie. There was nothing. Yeah, yeah. Every tree that you drive by somebody physically planted, like how, how amazing is that? Um, and, and just kind of, you know, and it, this goes all the way back to music again, too, focusing on what you love and finding that music you love as opposed to, you know, as opposed to saying, well, I hate this music. It's terrible. Well, that's wonderful. But why not? Why not find five artists you love right. and listen to it? It completely changes your your perception, your way of thinking and your attitude. Right. right. So. Um, speaking of this space that we're sitting in, you sort of put your own stamp on this um, regarding the music. Yeah. Um, well, you know. Christina, who started The Junction, um, not only an exceptional hairstylist in town. Oh, look, there's Christina over there. <laughs> and there happens to be a chair. Why don't we match the yeah. two of them together and bring you a little closer so at least we can find out a little bit about why this space came to be. Christina, hi. <laughs> hi. <laughs> this is your baby, this space. It is, yes. How long yeah. have you been dreaming up this idea? 
for for lots of years um and you know kind of coming in and out depending on where I was at with my life but um over the last two years it's been a stronger focus for sure seemed like a long process and then once it started going it went pretty quickly so and this is primarily a salon um Mm -hmm. but you're also wanting to create um an artist studio environment um uh, why do you want, why do you want to do that? Why why was it important for you to incorporate that into what could have just very easily been a salon? Um, I love doing hair and I love being a hairstylist, mm-hmm. but um, I think I'm a little bit more driven just by team and community. I have a lot of pride for where I live and sort of the people that live here and what what it's all about. So I talk to people and meet people every day, and uh, you kind of come across a lot of talent and there's, it's kind of hard to get started sometimes. Right. And so I just wanted to have a space where I could start to showcase some, some people in the city and what they do and what they're all about and just have sort of a comfortable environment. So there's sort of like a rotating space where people can kind of just like come say, Hey, have like a little um, storefront for a temporary space. And then also just for people that want to work independently and and for themselves, but not necessarily in their basement at home. And they still want the backing of a team and have Mm -hmm. some creative minds to sort of brainstorm with. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Hair is amazing. There are so many salons in the city and they're great, but uh, it's just, it's just not quite enough. I just needed that, that next step just to kind of support the community. And so within the space, I've been trying as much as possible to um, shop local, support local, and then just sort of, I mean, I'm not good at everything, that's for sure. So just finding people who are good at what they do and then have them kind of star in that. So that's why I asked Taryn for music. Um, I don't even know what his day job is, and I've known him for years, but <laughs> it's, uh, I know he's kind of the music guy. So um, I was just asking him for suggestions and just local musicians. So it's really fun. We've been open for two days, so I've had a chance to sort of listen through everything. And um, it's definitely a little bit of this and that all over the place. But it's, it's really fun and it's a, a really good conversation piece too because you know they're all Saskatchewan artists that we're listening to here, right. which is amazing that um, you're able to get that much music to listen to all day. That's all that's all local. Right. And then it's just proud. Like it makes me proud. So even if there's a song that comes on that I have a feeling my my guest isn't really feeling, <laughs> it's, um, it's easy enough to say like these are all Saskatchewan artists and that's amazing. And it, it just makes me really really happy and proud to listen to it. So um, kind of how Taryn was talking earlier about um, just a good song and not necessarily like the taste or the genre. Uh That's exactly it is if you know where it's coming from and thinking of people as people instead of just, just music, then I think that uh, that's pretty important. Right. Taryn, what was your approach on putting this? What's the playlist you put together? How many? Uh, There's over a hundred artists and musicians and about eight hours of music. Um, and so the the approach was to kind of go through uh, and figure out what artists I think would be suitable for the space. So, you know, at times when you're in a salon or creative creative center like this or place like this, you want you may want some folk music, you may want some relaxed music, um, but you may want some upbeat country. But then I put a little bit of hip hop. There's some rock music on there as well too. You know, obviously paying paying mind to to language and such. But I kind of went through and, and the songs I thought that would help describe and fit the space would be suitable. Um, and there's some fantastic ones. There's a, a Jim Galloway out of Oxbow, Saskatchewan, who in 1989 was in a hard rock band called White Heat. They signed to CBS Records, sold over 100,000 albums, and then broke up because there were so many hard rock album bands at the time. Um, but Jim plays like this uh, very 
laid back rock and roll now, which mm. is fantastic. And it's right from Oxbow, Saskatchewan. Um, you know, you have other artists such as Danny Oliver from Regina who's a singer songwriter and a fantastic guitar player. He's actually heading over to Germany right away and Reaperbahn festival in Warsaw, Poland to represent Saskatchewan. And he just has some beautiful music that I thought would be fitting too. So kind of going through, um, Andino sons, you know, the Andean folk, uh, the world music stuff that I know Christina loves, uh, Andino sons are not only all exceptional people, but they're exceptional musicians as well too. So I thought it'd be perfect to have them kind of, kind of fit the bill. And, and you want to, I tried to figure out like what, what bands would be a conversation piece, you know, what bands could you talk about and stuff like that. You look at, you know, Jess Draker's career, we could probably have more podcasts around Jess career yeah. and stuff. So, um, yeah. And I thought, yeah, hurry fun. up, Jeff, let's get the thing down <laughs> at the same time. Right. Get him on the show. <laughs> um, and I thought, yeah, this thought would work well because when you have such a great idea to have such a community based business, well then why not have music made by the community? Right. It occurs to me, you ought to be teaching a course on the history of music in this province. That where would we've be, been and where we're going. That would be fantastic. Um, there has been a book written by a gentleman out of Saskatoon named Craig Siliphant. It's a history of Sask- oh, right. the Saskatoon music scene. Yeah. There is a young gentleman um, named Kaylee Joshua that is actually doing, um, he's digging up like old 1930s, 1940s Saskatchewan music. So it, there's some stuff being worked on currently, but I am actually doing a Sask Music Skills Lab workshop on social media mm-hmm. and and you know, talking to media and, and getting your name out there and, and community outreach and stuff like that too. So if people want to get involved, you want to learn about how to represent your, your organization on Twitter and, and get out there and get known in the community and stuff. Definitely in October 26th in Saskatoon and 27th in Regina. So that's your main gig with Sask Music right now. Yeah. Nope. Volunteer. It's totally volunteer. Yeah. All volunteer time. Yeah. And then my, I full time, I, I work, I have a day job. I'm a government, I'm a civil servant. Right. With, yeah. Uh, parks, culture, and sport. Right. Yeah. So culture is in there. It is in there. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, yeah, no, um, yeah, everything is volunteer and everything I do is it, strictly through a passion, um, you know, from, from helping out with the Regina downtown summer concert series to, to Christina with the soundtrack here and stuff. I mean, we're, we are all have the same common goal. Um, not so much to, to have a, a huge bank account and, and take a bunch of trips every year, but to be happy and content and, and love where we live and, and love our days. So if you can help out, you got to help out, right? Actually, Chris from Music Heels had a good point. He did um, uh, he did a great presentation and he, he had made a comment about that we don't live our lives. We should never live our lives thinking that we have to help others. It should just be assumed. I mean, that you just should. It shouldn't even right. be a question of like, I really should help people out more. You should right. just help people. Right. So you didn't play it safe. No. And I, you know, I've never really, but it's funny though, because I never considered myself an, like a, a risk taker, you know, somebody like Christina, who's taken a, a great, you know, but she's taken a great opportunity <laughs> yeah. in her life and, and yeah. following her passion, which is, is extremely commendable. Yeah. It's wonderful. Um, I've never done that, but, but it's funny though, because the corporate world, there's no security in the corporate world either. Not anymore. No. I mean, mm-hmm. you could lose your job tomorrow. Yeah. You know, so why not do what you love and why not make yourself happy? Why why roll with the punches and then in the end come out of it just older with nothing to show for it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Or, or with regrets that somehow you didn't. Exactly. And that's, you know, that's what I love too about our, our local music industry as well too, is that there's so many artists that are saying, okay, I have this talent. I want to follow my dreams and they're, they're hitting the road and they're playing these shows, you know, bands like the dead South 
were playing so many shows that they literally were driving through the night to make it back home to play a hometown show that they promised that they would do, you know, and they're doing this consistently where they could, they could just, they could punch a clock and get a good rest, Yeah, you know, but they they love what they're doing and they're following their dreams. So I think it's commendable. Obviously you do too. To a degree. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, I just, you know, I think it's important to, you know, there are, there are so many people here that do amazing things um, to help wave the flag of Saskatchewan music. And I just want to be one of them. Um, you know, Creative City Center has yeah. the, op- the empty room series, which is phenomenal. They have an artist basically play there and they play to an empty room and they share a video each Monday and they promote it on CBC and all this fantastic stuff. Um, you have guys like Jeff Redbeard. Orbit, who is a king of local music. I mean, Jeff's dedicated decades to community radio, putting on benefits and fundraisers. I mean, uh, the measure of a good show is if Jeff shows up. You know, Jeff is he's the king, right? So he's putting in all this time and and he asks for nothing in return. He goes to work every day, he works a day job, but his passion is music and he has supported it through and through and through. So I mean, if I can do my little part to help, why not? Right. I spent I spent years um, whether it be gra- being a graphic designer, um, you know, writer, you know, interviewing bands or writing columns or working for websites, like always seeking opportunities. Um, countless times I would send emails to radio stations and say, can I kind of come on and talk about local music and nobody would pay me any mind, yeah. you know, um, and just keep pushing for it and pushing for it and finding different avenues that you're good at. Um, there are things that I'm not so good at. So uh, I had a, you know, I have a friend who, who started up her own company in town as another friend as well too. And she's basically like, do what you do best and, yeah. and get help with the rest, yeah. you know? So you know, if, even if you can't, you know, there, there are highs and lows with, with the music industry for musicians. You know, you might play a show to two people, but I just watched a local band who's been slugging away for years, a local metal band and playing to smaller crowds, just play to a thousand people in the writer's practice field, huh. you know, because they kept at it. Yeah, yeah. They didn't pack it in and say, well, we're giving up. They just kept at it and they never complained. They never griped. They just kept at it. And, and they had a fantastic show, and they're doing really, really well. They just won a, a battle of the bands, and they're working on their, their, their full-length album right now. And it's great to see, because they could have just said, enough of this, but they keep going. Isn't there a jazz club that just opened up in the Giant? Yeah, the Capitol, downtown. Yeah. Yeah, um, and there's some great jazz musicians playing. Carlo Petrovich is one. John Nair has been involved in there. Um, and it's actually based off the Capitol Theater. Oh, that yeah. was, that right. was once downtown. So yeah. it's a great concept. Um, well, that was a chain across the country, the Capitol Theaters, and some of them yeah. were absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And they, there's actually um, uh, Tourism Regina has a great blog about Capitol and the history of the Capitol, yeah. right like the restaurant and the theater and stuff. Yeah. And if you actually go to the restaurant in town here, the, I think the door to the kitchen is like the original door from the original Capitol Theater. Is that right? Yeah. So, which is fantastic to see. Wow. So much random knowledge. Um, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. You'd be, you must you must just kick ass in Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> the Canadian. Surprisingly, yeah. You know what? You would think my wife would, would love hearing random music facts all day, but she certainly does not. Right. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is there a time when you just want to turn music off? Just No. No. There's not. Um, no. Because my, my quiet time, my relaxation time involves music. Mm-hmm. You know, there actually are days where, um, you know, if you, if I don't listen to music, I, f- I kind of feel like I've wasted my day because I don't, I don't feel as motivated or whatever it may be. Like music kind of, it powers a lot. Um, yeah, no, it's, it, it, you know, as I mentioned earlier, and actually I think, um, Craig in his book, uh, his book on the Saskatoon music scene made the comment. He said, music is the one true religion because it, it gives and never asks for anything in return. Like, wow, that's powerful. Great very powerful stuff, but it's true. 
and it, it uh, you know, and, and the people that are making this music that is affecting my life and, and making our lives better live across the street. So why don't we celebrate that? That's a pretty profound way to end this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you so, yeah, thank you so much. much. It was well worth waiting for. Yeah, it was great to finally meet you. A chance to finally chat. And Christina, just <laughs> take the town by storm, eh? <laughs> thank you. <laughs> That's a great vision that you have. Uh, Terrence Wright, not, I, I always admire people who just strike out and, and start their own path, their own business based on a passion and just you've leased this space and now let let the universe let the universe (laughs) kick in gear cool thank you that's very cool thanks both of you yeah thank you so much thanks for listening the sascapes podcast is created and hosted by kevin power for sas culture funding to the cultural sector is provided through the saskatchewan lotteries trust fund for sport culture and recreation For more information, visit iHeartCulture.ca and SaskCulture.ca. Music for Sascapes is provided by Saskatchewan-born singer-songwriter Jeffrey Straker. There's no end to the stories to be told. So, until next time... (laughs) 